There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy cabin season. Oh yeah, I do, I do. So but this isn't anything. This is my this is my theory. This is oh. what I'm on to, that she's on to, okay? Yeah. And I think it's brilliant, and I've spent time thinking about it, and I'm gonna change some of my travel behaviors as a result. Okay. Oh. Is that when you go out of town on a weekend, maybe you have the weekend in town, then maybe you leave on a Sunday and go somewhere through a Wednesday. Or perhaps in our case, it could be Thursday morning. And then you come back, you have Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You work just Thursday and Friday, which are two happy fun days, always of the week to work. And then you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I think it extends the vacation. She's First, on to something. She's yeah, on to something. On. Plus, yeah, she is. the rates are cheaper. Yeah. Plus, I mean, so I've been thinking about this because I just booked a trip to Seattle and I'm like, why didn't I do that? I took a full week off and then I left on Sunday night. Yeah. Then I came back on a Friday evening. So I still had time to go into the vacation slow. Right. And then have the slow reentry back into reality. Mm -hmm. Flights are cheaper. Totally. And I just have never, I always think, oh, I'll go for the weekend. But, you know, the weekend should just be an extended. I just have never thought this way before. And I just thought, she is so smart, that little green. <laughs> She's somewhere very happy. So when, you know, we'll hear good stories. Well, I got a trip coming up, and I'm doing the Thursday, Friday, and Monday. See? So I've got a short week and another short week. Right. I just, yeah, I just think for rates and other things, if you think about it, it's so much cheaper to stay somewhere on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night than it is on a mm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Oh, mm. completely. That's why I did it the last vacation I had, because they were practically throwing rooms at me for free. I, yikes. I love it, though. I just thought, brilliant, brilliant. Well, My Louise exercise that strategy. She is smart. Forward. Okay, we've got a big night here in sports, Minnesota people. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. We do. The yeah, Minnesota this, Wild. This Tell us on the sports desk. <laughs> uh-huh. Start the first round of their playoffs. Uh, they're in Vancouver, Donnie? Or no, no, they're in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Somewhere yeah. north, I know. Yeah, well, good. Somewhere north. <laughs> so that's the first. Um, Six o'clock start time for that one. Yep. Eight. And, and then the Timberwolves are in a must-win situation. That's right. Both, they're playing here tonight at 7 against the Denver Nuggets. Yes. And both teams are, it's... It's you win, win or you're out. Win or go home. Are right? they yes. in the playoffs right now? No, or no. this no. is to play the game in order to get into the NBA yes. playoffs. Yes. And then that lasts another two months. And then the championship is No, it doesn't is last like, that long. Because I'm sure we won't last oh. that long. Oh, hey, no. Well, no. we haven't been in the playoffs since 2004, the Timberwolves. Yep. And they were started out extremely promising. So we'll see what happens. I know. Well, <laughs> Donnie, you're so funny. Tale as old as time <laughs> yeah. in Minnesota. But it would be fun. Yes, it would, it would definitely be fun. Be fun. 
Um, do you have the little Seth Meyers thing, Donnie? Sure. Um, you know, yesterday we talked about his wife, and I just the more I think about it, having a baby in a lobby of an apartment building in New York City sounds like the worst nightmare ever. Smuggling that baby in the sweatpants. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. His yesterday. baby was born in the lobby. Well, here he is, kind of gushing a little bit about the birth. We named our son Axel. Here's a normal picture of Axel. There he is. Um, uh, we named him Axel because it's just a name we like, but I'm going to tell him it's because uh, firemen were there when he was born. He's <laughs> like, I don't like it. It's like, you could have been hose. Uh, but of course, mostly, I just want to uh, thank my wife who, uh, you know, obviously has to get an apartment closer to the hospital. <laughs> Aww. I just thought that was so sweet. You can hear so him choking up yeah, talking I about mean, I little just, baby Axel. I can't oh. even imagine the trauma of, having, first of all, having a baby and then having it in the lobby of your apartment building. You get to know your neighbors real well, Julia, oh, after that I just, one. It just freaked me out. And I just, <laughs> it was sweet. It was so sweet. It was very sweet. I like it. All right. So a lot coming up on our show today. One of the exciting ones, if you like to read, um, we have Robin Oliveira. I think I'm saying her name right. Win- I will check on that. Winter Sisters. I, you know, you guys know me. Yeah. I don't always read the books. Really? I start them. I couldn't put this one down, and I knew I had to finish it because Lori would be out today. So that is a sign of the seal of approval from Julia. It's one of the best books I've read in a long time because it isn't just 100% thriller. I feel like we get on that genre a little bit. This yeah. combines everything at the turn of uh, the 19th century, and I just... It's so good. Oh, that's fantastic. It's so good. So anyway, all right, we got to take a break. So when we come back, shocking news, I thought first thing this morning, we'll discuss. That's a little Imagine Dragons, whatever it takes for you. Um, Here is the deal. I was pretty surprised when I saw this this morning on, it was on everything. Good Morning America, CBS Morning Show, Today Show. And it's the new cover of People magazine that you're not going to get till Friday in your uh, mailbox. But it's uh, Mariah Carey on the cover. And it says, my battle with bipolar disorder. And I was shocked. I wasn't expecting this cover to come out at this particular moment in time. Exactly. And so um, there's a little setup of the story. And she has something called bipolar disorder. Two disorder two, yeah. and I never knew there was a level one and a no, level I, two. I didn't but we're going to learn a little bit about that, and we'll learn a little bit about the story. And so here is a little audio. Carson Daly is actually doing the story on this for the Today Show. Guys, we all know the range of Mariah Carey's incredible talent as a singer and songwriter. But this morning, the Grammy winner is opening up for the first time in a People magazine exclusive about her very personal mental health battle. In 2001, Mariah Carey surprised me on the set of MTV's Total Request Live. Her behavior was erratic. What are you doing? What did you bring? I'm what trying did... to. You're my therapy session right now, Carson. Okay, you see, you, you see, every now and then, somebody needs a little therapy. Yes, I understand that. And today is that moment for me. A week later, Mariah was hospitalized, and today, revealing that's when doctors diagnosed her with bipolar disorder, telling People Magazine in an exclusive interview. I'm hopeful we can get to a place where the stigma is lifted from people going through anything alone. It can be incredibly isolating. It does not have to define you, and I refuse to allow it to define me or control me. For many, many years, she was not only dealing with bipolar disorder and not being treated for it, but she was also sort of living in constant fear that someone was going to expose her and tell her secret. 
Now Mariah is telling her own story on her own terms. I was so terrified of losing everything, she says. I convinced myself the only way to deal with this was to not deal with this. Mariah specifically suffers from bipolar 2 disorder. It's characterized by extended periods of depression, mood swings, and what's called hypomania. As Mariah describes it, I thought working and promoting for days in a row without sleeping was just part of my life. I was irritable and in constant fear of letting people down. It turns out I was experiencing a form of mania. Eventually, I would just hit a wall. Mariah says her depressive episodes were characterized by very low energy. I would feel so tired, lonely, and sad, even guilty, that I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing for my career. Mariah says she was inspired to come forward in part by other stars. Celebrities like NBA star Kevin Love, Demi Lovato, The Rock, Lady Gaga, and SNL comedian Pete Davidson have all opened up recently about their own personal mental health struggles. I was terrified for no apparent reason. I too was inspired last month to open up about my own struggle with anxiety. I really wear the way I am like a badge of honor. This is who I am and I'm proud of it. I may be a little anxious, but I know I'm going to be okay. Mariah says she's getting the medical treatment she needs and is exercising, getting acupuncture, eating healthy, and spending time with her kids. Finally telling the story and being in treatment is going to free her up to really focus on the thing that makes her happiest, and that is making music. It's just, it blew me away, but remember the epic meltdown? It was when she was um, doing the album and the movie Glitter. Yeah. In 2001, and um, she... Knew she, they told her what she had, but she's like, I don't want to have that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, she said she was she in did. denial about yeah. the diagnosis. Well, well and, I think that is for life. Yeah. It well, is. and I think that we had the kind of the conversation again about Ricky Martin in the same time period, not wanting mm-hmm. to talk to Barbara Walters about his sexuality. But think how far we've come in 17, 18 years about speaking openly about right. mental health. And this was Huge, epic. It was July 19th, 2001, when Mariah Carey was on TRL. I remember exactly when this... I I do, too. It was such a huge pop culture Mm -hmm. moment, and I think all of us watching that at the time were like, okay, Mariah. Mm -hmm. And then she had the diagnosis, and she was hospitalized, and it it was crazy, but... And she talks about kind of the last two years of her life being the hardest. Remember, she went with that crazy Russian agent, Stella, and yes. she fired all of her regular people about three three years ago or so because I she's her, Stella and and um, her have broken up since. Yeah. But she, Stella convinces her to do a TV, the docu series, yes. the e reality oh. series. I mean, we did not want to know that much no. about her, and, and we she looks like a nut job. Well, we didn't really learn anything. And from I don't mean that, that in a mean way. No, no, right. it, it just was. It just was. It didn't capture Mariah Carey in a way that was flattering whatsoever. No. And, and you knew the backstory about the manager, the agent Stella, and it was just like, ooh, this is going to be messy. Then of course, Mariah Carey was engaged to James Packer. Right. That didn't really end well. So no. I think she's been going through a lot of stuff, and she admits that in this People article, saying that these past two years have been really tough. Right. I just. I, I'm proud of her. And so um, here is later in the morning, Dr. Jen Austin was on with George Snuffleupagus on Good Morning America talking about what is bipolar 2. That revelation from Mariah Carey, as we told that revelation from Mariah oh, Carey, sorry. as we told you, people, she's telling People Magazine about her battle with bipolar disorder. Dr. Jen Ashton is here. Bipolar disorder. 
disorder, it, it's a mood disorder that is characterized by big swings in your mood, your energy and activity level. And if you look at the juxtaposition here, there's manic episodes where someone feels really up with an increased activity level. Maybe they're not sleeping during the night. They have, feel super productive. And then a depressive episode where they feel down or have a decrease, kind of the opposite energy level. And the key, George, is that cycling. So if someone has a manic episode, the, it, the theory is in some period of time, they will eventually fall down to have a depressive episode and it's the the closeness of that cycling that really determines those swings. So are there treatments to even things out? There are and this is not one size fits all but the mainstay of treatment is medication. Um, then there's things like cognitive behavioral therapy, psychoeducation. What does that mean? It means educating the patient about how to recognize their own symptoms so they can get good treatment. Electroconvulsive therapy can be a good option for patients who can't tolerate medication and the sleep therapy is for when they have these, these manic episodes and being deprived from sleep can cause its own set of problems. When Mariah was first diagnosed, she didn't get treated, right. and in part perhaps because of the whole stigma attached, but this may help lift that. Absolutely, and we have to remember with mental illness and bipolar disorder in particular, there is no shame in this game. Mariah did not come forward really to seek good treatment for herself, and that is not uncommon. And if you think someone with a celebrity with all her resources can be you know, stigmatized and held back, think what the average person um, goes through. So, And there's been a lot of data that people have discrimination at work, in their social um, arenas, and so this is something we need to get past. But with treatment, the prognosis is good? Yeah. The key with the prognosis, George, is that when people are feeling good with bipolar disorder, they're much more likely to discontinue or stop their medication. And again, if you go back to that cycling, the key is to keep someone in that middle range where they're the most stable. So, you know, I was thinking about this and I thought, I just think it's wonderful for mental illness, for people of a celebrity mm, nature. Yes. We've seen her. She's a perfectly lovable, adorable, wonderful human being. Yes. And so I think it just helps chip away at the stigma. I remember, I was trying to remember when Catherine Zeta-Jones came out and it was 2011, April 14th, 2011, and someone had caught her at a well, hospital. Somebody outed her. Yes. Mm-hmm. When yeah. she was out, I think, having a cigarette yeah. um, at this clinic and um, she has bipolar too as well mm-hmm. um and she just said they say stress is a big thing that brings on episodes kind of that sort of thing and and i think with the medication because i've known people who have bipolar in it you really have to work hard with your um physician to make sure your psychiatrist to make sure you're getting the right medication yeah, because yeah. you could be right too dosage. lethargic or you could mm-hmm. be too sure and then when you think everything is okay and then you say hey i want to go off the medication again that's the time when you're like okay i need to talk to my doctor again and make sure that we're on the up and up on all of this mm-hmm. so i just think i'm proud of her i'm proud yeah. of that girl and it kind of explains and i feel a lot about her erratic behavior you know she's been well, and I think she didn't yeah, have to. Erratic. Yeah, and she didn't have to share this with us. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what. I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this: A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Kind of projects Mariah Carey has coming up or, or anything like that. You she's know, because working on music again. Yeah, she's working on music she again. She was afraid. She said so many yeah. people in her inner circle knew about it. 
she wanted it to be her story. Yes. Which yep. I think that makes a lot of sense. And Carson Daly, you know, kind of said, I re- can relate to the part of it because he, I remember when he spoke out about his anxiety, mm-hmm. his parents had both died in a short period of time and some other stresses doing the voice in um, LA and then doing the Today Show and flying back and forth and flying back and forth and some of his anxieties. So getting out and owning your own story. Yes. So anyway, oh, Mariah, but she's going to be well working done. on some music. Good. She is going to be working on music. She also, they also said, you know, ever since she was found, found discovered by Tommy Matola at Sony Records, you know, she had just graduated high school. Yeah, she was, what, 18? Yeah, yeah she and was so, super young. Yeah, yeah, super young. And she said she has worked nonstop. And yeah. I think she had stage fright because you remember she wouldn't go and perform mm-hmm. on stage. So she's had to overcome. You, and I still think that she probably has some issues with performing on stage because she's not somebody that's like, yes, Mariah Carey's going on tour. We're going to go see her. She's such a great live performer. Right. I think that she's had stops and starts with tours I do in the past. Wanna, I want to see her perform because I think she really can. A hit, lot of singers deal with that. Hit the notes. Yeah. yeah. I heard that oh, yeah. one of the reasons Van Morrison, when they go, when you go see him, he faces the back. Yeah. And that's because of his performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. He doesn't face the audience. Barbara Streisand stopped touring in like yeah, 1968. Yeah, mm-hmm. And didn't tour Simon. all of her great couldn't years of that voice. Yeah. She wouldn't tour. Oh, of course. There's a difference between being a wonderful singer and being comfortable being a performer. Those right. are two different things. And sometimes they don't necessarily match up. I mean, imagine performing in front of thousands of people. And especially if you're a singer, you're right there in the middle of the stage and everyone's looking at you. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> We're all just like breaking out We're sweat. looking at you. Oh. Van Morrison is crabby at his concerts, though, Denny, too. <laughs> well, I know. That's I, a true I story. He's I crabby. like his music. Mm-hmm. I, I do love a, his he's music. He's a musician. Yeah. His music's great, but I just, he's crabby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when we come back, we're going to, I'm so excited, we're going to talk to the author of Winter Sisters, Robin Oliveira. Stay with us. Here we are. Here we are. Happy hump day to everybody. I know. You know it. You know it. Okay. Um, so I would love it if someone would call in I, who's I had got this. A, I got an email what? from Robin right away. Oh, you did? Aww. What'd she say? Dear, dear Don and Lori. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, it was Julia, but that's all right. That's okay. uh, thank you so much. All in caps for the great interview. You're so hospitable to your guests and so warm. It was a real pleasure. Warmly, Robin Oliveira. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, wow. That's that lovely. Amazing. How, just like that, she I, sent it in. That's yeah, again, the book, Winter Sisters. Yeah. Okay. Sorry It's to so good. But, yeah. It's so good. I already, and I looked up her book review, referral, The Second Mrs. Hackaday. It's by Susan Rivers. And it came out last year. It just sounds amazing. Um, I'm adding it to the list, but I, uh. but it's behind my reading list. My personal reading list doesn't happen. Yeah, well, yeah, that's okay. yeah, that's all right. Don't worry it's about so it. Right. Don't worry about it. But I just, I haven't enjoyed a book because it was just different. Okay. So yeah. who has seen the movie A Quiet Place? I uh, know. Not me. Let's see if anyone, 651-641-1071 has seen it. I don't want to know about the movie or anything, but I want to talk about something I've heard twice now. And I think it's happening. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know. 
about people. <laughs> the movie is based on a family that has to stay silent in order not to alert the monsters that are residing in their home. So they do sign language at the table. I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing, but the theater is so quiet that I can't remember who it was. Some actor was on some show <laughs> the other night. Somewhere talking Somewhere, about this. Talking about this saying they were so upset by the person, the loud chomper of the popcorn sitting next oh, to him. no. I know. It, and now this is um, happening. A lot of people are saying from critics, theater goers, they've taken to social media to express their frustration when they sit next to a loud popcorn Chopper. Especially during this movie. Right. But in general, one must be conscientious of how you consume your movie snacks. Well, of course. But, you know, I'm thinking the the reviews, the previews are so long. I'd finish my popcorn. I'm done by the time the movie starts. Oh, me too. And that it just if, if it's not gone, I'm done with eating it because you've got so long you know, that's 15 minutes, I swear, the previous. Oh, yeah, at least 15 minutes. You know, yeah. shoving popcorn in and your And you face. just shove it's it all in. As fast as you can. Get it all in. Have all right, we have Mark, who just walked out of the theater. <gasps> Mark! <laughs> Mark! Hello. Hi. How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. You just walked out of, did you see the movie? I literally just walked out of that movie five minutes ago, and I'm heading home right now. So oh did, you, did you wait till it ended when you walked out? <laughs> yes, yes, the movie had ended. Okay, yes. and so, was the popcorn, I mean, were people chomping loudly around you? No, and I think with people hearing about this, they opened everything during the previews and within <laughs> the first, like, minute, because it literally, if I had to count audible dialogue in the movie, there's maybe 20 lines. Seriously. Wow. It it's, it's just quiet. Is it just so scary? Um, they, I'll tell you what, I'm not a, I, I don't jump easily, and there are at least two times that made me kind of jump out of my seat and go, okay, you really got me there, you got, you got me good. Oh, oh man, Mark, would I you recommend it. this movie? Did you like your time there? You know, it, I was really shocked, I thought it would be longer, it only comes in like a, an hour and 32 minutes. Oh, my type of movie. I really enjoyed this, it was, it's so different from everything else and being different is with that not being the there's no talking right Mm -hmm. and it really makes you focus it really it heightens your senses because you're listening to every single sound because like you said these creatures are attracted to the sound so you're even listening to the other sounds going on and they do a great job with all of this and it was just so different. I would I would easily give it an 8 out of 10, and I'm not impressed with most movies these days. Oh, wow. wow. All right. Me, well, okay. I would say you definitely need... Most people, if this is up, it's not so horrorish. There's not a lot of gore. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's definitely suspense. It's definitely a thriller. I'm going to go tomorrow night. Great, Mark. And I don't like scary You're movies. Going? Yeah. That, I want to wow. experience this one because I think it sounds... Thanks, Mark. Unbelievable. Well, thank Thanks, yeah. Mark. So this, we're just talking. I think the one hour and thirty minute really sold Julia. Well, that, can, that was very enticing that I can for you. Sit through. That's, you know? your, that's your sweet spot. Ninety minutes. Listen, ninety that minutes. Is, that's enough time I for people you. to tell a story. Thank yes. you. And I see you, Holly. I see you, Julia. <laughs> ninety minutes is more than enough. Maybe a hundred minutes. It, yeah, if you're but feeling the, generous. Like, like what was the one I just saw? Black Panther. I loved Black Panther, but it was for an ADD or it's a long time to sit in a chair. Mm-hmm. And like I won't. You know I. You got to do That's, a lap. The, I need a. I did. I during went to, it, I went during halfway through the movie. The bathroom a couple times. Yeah. I just. 
I cannot sit that long. I know it's a struggle sometimes. I know. So anyway, so we we're just talking about people who saw the movie A Quiet Place and how people are upset you can't eat any candy or anything. This reminds me of a time that I went to um gosh, it was years ago now. I think we were on the air at the time. I think we were. But my mom and my sisters um, my older sister, my little sister, my mom, we went to New York City and we saw two plays. Mm-hmm. And one of them was The Pillow something with Billy Kudrup. Kudrup? 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 Whatever. The Pillow Man. The Pillow Man. And oh, that we, sounds like it could be any number of things. Right. And we were starving. And so we bought food from the concessions. Um, and we were opening the crinkly stuff, oh, you know, the plastic. Oh, no. Why sell it if you can't eat it? Oh. That's my thought. But you, the <laughs> stairs, and then I'm like, I need to open this now. Why sell it if we can't open it? Here, but did you open it slowly or did you just go for the one oh, no. loud rip? No, or the we slow, were slow, low crinkle. But then we all got the giggles. Oh, no. Because we knew <laughs> the dust stairs were coming dust at the back of your head. <laughs> Who are those ladies and so, opening their skittles? Oh yeah, how dare they? And we it's just, a theater. It was terrible. We all got the giggles so bad, and then it made it worse. And you're yeah. just sitting it's like there. a chuckles the clown situation from the Mary Tyler Moore exactly. show. Exactly. Oh, it's well, a tough. It's I tough. had the giggles like that with my mom at a funeral once. Like like chuckles like the chuckles clown. The clown. Oh, yeah. We thought we were gonna die. My <laughs> yeah. mom, the death stairs. And I just couldn't stop. Yeah, well, I could I not stop the yeah. death stairs. Oh, we were terrible. And I'm just like, Mom. And it was someone we knew really well. And I'm just Your like. Your stairs are only going to make this worse, people. Don't you understand? Oh, yes. it was so bad. Oh, no. Anyway. Anywho. All right. Let's listen, Donnie. Let's get yeah. the new Carrie Underwood song. Okay. Oh, no. Actually, we're not going to do that okay, right now. Okay, fine. I had something else. <laughs> plan B. Plan Where B. are we going? All right. All right plan B. We, we did along. have some royal news yes, planned. Yes. The Today Show announced that not one, not two, not five, but seven of their anchors or contributors are going to cover the royal wedding. There's going to be an NBC <laughs> primetime special the Wednesday before the Saturday morning nuptials that's going to be hosted by Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kopp. Um, and it's just going to be everything that we want to know, but it's going to be Hoda, Savannah, Megan Kelly even got in on the action, Kathy Lee Gifford, Al Roker, Chanel Jones, uh, and uh, Carson Daly. It just blew me away. Inside oh, and the Kathy Royal- Lee Gifford. So everybody from the Today Show, Royal Wedding, Harry and Meghan. I know, but this is kind of fun. So yesterday we heard, you know, we're just going to keep hearing this. So the wedding will be on that Saturday morning, what is 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th? Yes. Yes. Um, at 6 a.m. here. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday we heard they're, they're not inv- inviting any politicians to their no. wedding, Harry and Meghan. Mm-hmm. And today we're back to who's the dress going to be. So here's what they thought before. They thought it was going to be, um, the bookies are all working on this. They thought it was going to be British fashion designer Henry Holland and um, thought that might be one thing that was going to happen. They also thought it might be Ralph and Russell, which Megan wore for her engagement portraits. And it also some other people. But now we're thinking it's going to be Burberry. Which might make sense. Really? I because love this. the designer for Burberry, Christopher mm. Bailey, he just left the brand. Yeah. And they're saying that maybe this will be his last hurrah designing for Burberry. I mean, what way to leave a mark than designing the royal wedding gown? 
I love Burberry. If I had gobs of money, I'd, I'd wear all Burberry. Well, the new tailored des- Burberry. Oh my gosh! Well, the new designer Ricardo Tishi uh, is the new designer of Burberry. So if he designed the dress, then that means Megan would have the same wedding dress designer as one Kim Kardashian. Is Burberry known for wedding dresses? No, no. But they're very but, British. But they're well, very. Yeah, they're like... the most recognizable luxury brand from Britain. Yeah, and um, it would have a plaid lining. <laughs> You know, they're known line. for their She's Burberry She's just going to wear plan. a trench coat with nothing underneath. Yeah. Sure, why Getting not? right to the honeymoon. But it would be interesting. It would it? be. Yeah. No plan. No. We'll no. see what's going to happen. <laughs> Stay with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. She's up on all the trends. This is the My Talk Now trending report. There are things you need to know. To know. Trending online this afternoon, it's National Pet Day. Also, Paul Ryan trending. The current Speaker of the House will not be seeking re-election this year. Also, Mitzi Shore trending. The owner of the famed comedy club, The Comedy Store, has passed away at the age of 87. Also, John Legend trending. The singer told Ellen DeGeneres that he really knows who bit Beyonce, but he's not naming names. John, you're about two weeks too late on that one. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, Kendall Jenner trending. Kendall Jenner and Scott Disick went skydiving together, and Kendall shared the adventure on social media. This after Kendall dissed Scott's romance with Sophia Ritchie. Mm. And Rampage trending. The movie starring The Rock is getting reviewed. Some of those reviews are online, and woo, apparently it's a stinker. I love this headline. Rampage lowers the bar on raising a city. Haven't we had enough movies about giant gorillas? Yeah, but this is also lizards, and this is based on the video game, Donnie, where the lizard and and the gorilla are are punching the city. The video game's cool. Movie, maybe not so much. That's what's trending here at my talk. Forecast brought to you by AAA Movers. Uh, Rain tonight. Rain tonight with a low of 35. Cloudy 50 tomorrow. Right now, it is 45 at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. So she's been on the web lately Says maybe she'll be my Gwen Stacy The Spider-Man And I know she's using me to try to play him I don't care, hi Suzanne But I should have said bye Suzanne After the first night, but tonight I am I've been a liar, been a thief Been a lover, been a cheat Oh my sins need holy water Feeling washing over me Well little one, I don't want to admit to something If all it's gonna cause is pain Thanks for hanging out with us. We are so delighted to have Robin Olavera joining us. Her new novel is The Winter Sisters. She's New York Times bestselling author of My Name is Mary Sutter. And this new book, Winter Sisters, I'm telling you, Robin, I, I couldn't put it down. It's so good. Welcome to our show. Welcome. Oh, gosh, thank you for having me, and I'm so glad to hear you couldn't put it down. I, I really, um, Lori, who's not here today, my uh, co-host, usually she reads all of our books because she can read them in a day, and I stress out. And I was so excited to, you know, so I had the pressure I had to read this, but I, it took me two days. It's so good. Oh, thank you. Can, thank you. It really is. So can you give everybody the setup for the book? Sure. So ostensibly the book is about two little girls, two little sisters, the Winter Sisters of the novel, who disappear in a blizzard in 1879 in Albany, New York. And it's about what happens to them, what happens to the people who love them, and what happens to the city of Albany as a result of that disappearance. 
But really, um, I tend to write about 19th century glass ceilings. I write about women's issues for the most part. And this is really about um, what agency, uh, what degree of agency women and children can uh, fight for themselves um, in any particular age. It's really, and when you say the strong female character, Mary Sutter, um, if we haven't, you know, I didn't read your first first book, My Name is Mary Sutter, um, and this book takes place, what is it, 12 years after that book, so you, I didn't know anything about Mary, and you can just read this one if you've never read the first one, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, what you were talking about breaking glass ceilings in the 19th century, and Mary Sutter is a doctor, she's a former Civil War surgeon, so how common was that profession among women uh, in this time period? It was pretty rare. Um, right around the time of the Civil War, there were only two uh, medical schools that accepted women, and both of them went out of um, business right about the time the Civil War started. Uh, so it was pretty rare. Elizabeth Blackwell was really ostensibly the first woman physician in America. Uh, right about the time, 1879, I did a little research. There were five women physicians in Albany in 1879, but uh, the Albany Medical School wouldn't accept women applicants until the year 1912. So I would say that Albany was probably a little ahead of the game. And the kinds of uh, problems that women physicians encountered were <clears throat> were enormous. Um, most physicians, most male physicians did not accept women in that role. It, it really, and Mary's, you know, Dr. Mary Sutter, her struggle in the book, it's, it's pretty amazing just to read because you forget, like you said, there's five positions for women um, when the, at the, during the same time period that the book was written from. It's just amazing what women had to go through. You know, it's shocking. I think, we, I think we forget, and that's one of the reasons that I like to write about 19th century glass ceilings because the glass ceiling still exists. It might be a little bit higher, but some of those struggles are the same. It's interesting now to me that um, in medical schools, 51% of the students are women and 49% male. And that is that is a huge change from 130 years ago. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And in this book, you know, you have a little romance, you have lovely music. Um, you know, you talk about this conservator, uh, this place in Paris where um, one Elizabeth, I believe, went to um, learn how to be a great violinist. Was Is music a part of your, I mean, was that uncommon to have a woman violinist? In that period, it was un- it was also uncommon. It was difficult uh, for women to get into conservatories at the time, or if they got into conservatories, they were not actually um, and they were not promoted. They were not accepted, with the exception of Camille Urso, who is a character in the book, and that's why I included her. But also at um, the Boston Conservatory, as it was then known. Now it's New England Conservatory. Julius Eichner, who's a character in the book, is. Uh, one one of the first men who promoted women physicians to um, <clears throat> to uh, performance capab- performance shows. They um, he started the first string quartet of that was all women in the world. I think. Wow. So it was women were just beginning to emerge then in music, just as they were beginning to emerge in lots of professions. Do you feel like, um, okay, so you started writing, I think, you were a registered nurse. Yes. And then you started writing in your 40s and were accepted into a writing school and stuff. How did, Was it something you always wanted to be, but you kept it on the back burner? Or did you just say, I'm just going to go for it? <laughs> 
there was a lot of I'm just going to go for it in there. Um, the major thing that uh, the major part of who I am is that I'm a reader. I have always been a reader. I have always loved books, even from the time I was very young. Uh, kids would be outside playing, and I'd be reading books. And uh, when my son went to kindergarten, he was my last child, I I was either go back to nursing, which I adored, I absolutely loved it, or try to learn how to write books so that I could write books. And uh, my indulgent husband said, well, why don't you go for it? Why don't you try? It took me a long time. My first book was not published until my son was a sophomore in college. Wow. (laughs) But, but, I mean, are you kind of pinching yourself then? I mean, because this book is, is... Just so great. It really is. I I absolutely loved it. Thank you. I um I'm I'm really grateful when readers connect with my books because I work really hard. It takes me two years, uh sometimes three to do the research for the books. I take the research very seriously. I tell the storylines very seriously and, and and I am very interested in nineteenth century glass ceilings, so I'm always trying to find the truth, you know, sort of some of the eternal truths about humankind. And I'm, I'm just delighted at the reception this book has, has received. Oh, it's just, That's I can fantastic. see it as a movie. I mean, I would just, because it really, you take in, you know, there's a little romance, there's great family drama, and you talk about, you know, doing the research, and it's based on two very dramatic things that happen, a blizzard and then a flood. Yes. How did you decide to base it around, you know, weather, <laughs> if, if it were, to, you know? Yeah, that breaks a lot of rules of fiction. You know, you're never supposed to just open a book with weather. Um, <laughs> it was a dark we, we always <laughs> seem to talk about it around here in Minnesota right now because it's just cold. Well, exactly. And you can't talk about Albany, New York without talking about the weather. It's terrible. <laughs> and uh, when I was doing, I mean, I, when I was growing up, it was terrible. Lots of blizzards. But the particular blizzard uh, that's featured in the novel, I moved from the year 1888 to 1879 um, uh, because <clears throat> back then there was no forecasting. So people would be going about their day, and right. if a, a nor'easter hit, it was a disaster of civic and personal proportions. So I, um, I thought that it would be interesting to write the book uh, around that particular storm because when things like that happen, Ordinary things fall away and extraordinary things occur, both good and bad. 400 people disappeared, um, died in that storm, and many more disappeared. And so uh, I, I thought it was a, a good fictional opportunity. Oh, gosh. Oh, I, I just can't tell you how much I love so, it. Winter Sisters is the second book in the Mary Sutter series. So the first one, My Name is Mary Sutter. I want to go read Winter that. Sisters, uh, is Dr. Mary Sutter going to be appearing in another book? Well, um, there's a whole literary history of trilogies. I'm going to uh, leave her behind for this next book, I think. Uh, but I, I think that family, the book after that that I write, I think the family is going to have to return. I think, I, I think there are some unresolved issues that remain in Winter Sisters that I'd like to explore um, and to see how Mary Sutter is when she's in her 60s. You know, she's in her 40s in this book. I want to see what she's like in her 60s. And, and she will you, have lived an interesting life by then. Uh, yes, and I want to catch up with the, the group, the other group, the younger ones. Um, this, oh, uh, well, absolutely. I know. I'm going to read your other book now. It's just so good. Um, Robin, tell us the last your great book that you've read that you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the best. 
Well, I really love this book called The Second Mrs. Hockaday by a woman named Susan Rivers. It's her first novel. It's an epistolary novel, so it's, it takes place in letters, which you soon forget. I don't particularly like books like that, but this one you soon forget when you're reading. It's a collage, sort of a way to play with point of view. Right. Set in the Civil War about uh, a young woman who is accused of murdering her baby. It is fantastic. Oh, gosh, that sounds good. It's All right, Algon- it- it's, Algonquin is the publisher. It's okay. extraordinary. The second Mrs. Hockaday, H-O-C-K-A-D-Y. Oh, gosh, that sounds so good. Well, we yes. are just thrilled, and we hope to keep uh, have you back again for your next novel. And thank you so much. The book is Winter Sisters by Robin Oliveira. And I'm telling you, you just have a beautiful way to tell a story. And I learned so much. I mean, it was so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. Well, you're welcome. Oh, thank All you, right. Robin. We've got three copies of the book to give away. Two copies. Donnie's raising his fingers. Two copies to give away, 651-641-1071. This one's a good one, guys. We'll be right back.